Green Lantern. Green Lantern. First of all, welcome back to Movie Malarkey. Welcome back. The place where we review remarkable movies. Remarkable movies. Right, that's our tagline. And yeah, well, it's still a work in progress. Um, be a T-shirt of it one day. We have some remarks on this movie. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Green Lantern. Um, don't start your movies with narration, people. Just don't. Don't do it. It worked once for Lord of the Rings. It has never worked again. See, I I don't usually have too much of a problem with voiceover. Um, the if it's. I guess they didn't have the time to show this, the backstory, so I guess that was... They didn't have the time. Okay. It's going to be a recurring theme mm. in, this, in this review. You know, they, they maybe they could have done it better. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't bother me, but it started off very similar to Lord of the Rings, uh, mm-hmm. talking about the distribution of the rings and mm-hmm. how they were sent to these mm-hmm. different planets, and there was 600 or 900 of them or whatever. Now, like, don't get me wrong. I, I consider myself to be... Far more of a comic book nerd, at least, than you, which is not yeah. a high bar. Mm-hmm. And and I love me some backstory. I love me some convoluted lore and, and fleshed out universes. But you're just going to have to find a better way to do it than this. It's It takes so long to get to anything that's going on. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's not awesome. <laughs> um, so we open with a shot of space as, mm-hmm. uh, as we're talking about... Um how the rings got distributed and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, then we meet our main character, Ryan Reynolds. Well, in our in, our, in the opening narration, there's a couple of things that we should probably talk about. Okay. Uh, first of all, they introduce, and I quote, the gravest threat the core ever faced. And I'm immediately thinking mm. to myself, this is the first movie with this superhero, and you are throwing, quote, the gravest threat the core has ever faced <laughs> right at him. Uh. I, I question your methods, sir. <laughs> yeah. It's... Um, it just... <laughs> and then this gravest threat is in a prison that he can escape because three random dudes were exploring the surface of this planet and fell through a hole, and poof, he's out. Yeah, so when I first saw that, I had a couple of quick notes on the um, CGI. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's movie's pretty heavily CGI. There's a lot of CGI. Um, I kind of hold it up to the standard of The Lord of the Rings, which is from the, what, 2002, 2003, maybe, was when uh, Return of the King was released. Um, and Pirates of the Caribbean, which is also around the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, admittedly, both were doing skeletons. Yeah. Which are probably one of the easier things to animate, I imagine, being that they don't have to move naturally. That's true. However, I think they did a far better job. Um, Lord of the Rings is kind of my gold standard for everything. Yeah, but they had a budget larger than the GDP of some countries, so... (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of budget, I don't know if this film had much of one. You know, I was expecting to hate the CGI in this movie. Yeah. And with one glaring exception that we will get to later... It wasn't too bad. Um, when we first saw that, the gravest threat the core has ever faced. Yeah. Um, he's just stuck in a column of jello underground. Yeah. I mean, that's um, how I imprison all of my grave galactic threats. You may want to look into that. <laughs> uh, these dudes fall in. They see the CGI alien guy. Yeah, good um, grief, a CGI alien guy. So he opens his eyes and then has to immediately refocus them, which I thought was was pretty good. It made yeah. the eyes look natural. Yeah. Uh, they were glowing yellow, so they didn't really look natural. Mm. Uh, and then I thought, I just wrote a note that the CGI was super cringy. Yeah. Because uh, that initial shot of that alien guy was just <laughs> not up to par. It's not um, awesome. But... And then he delivers the incredible line that I think was written by a 10-year-old. Mm-hmm. You are afraid. Good. Good. Just truly <laughs> horrifying. And then he sucks this yellow stuff out of them, and which That's... is their fear, and uses yeah. that to grow stronger. Yep. Apparently the strength of the three dudes is enough to get him free. Yep. Uh, we should also mention these three guys discovered him because they fell through a sinkhole. So yeah, what were they I doing? I really question their prisoning like imprisoning methods i just i can't i don't understand any of this setup all right moving on there's more to talk about um my next mo- note mm. the bad guy's name is parallax yep does that mean anything i'm sure it's just universe? A, a, a spaghetti soup of latin words that mean fear would be my guess no 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 well 
Parallax is the thing you have in photography uh, or videography. It refers to how things farther away seem to be moving slower than things close up, which for those of us who have two eyes, we can judge distance using that. Mm. Um, I mean, it's, it's, you know, you can, you can see something in the background and it moves at a different speed. Um, The Mandalorian used this in their CGI engine. Mm. Um, Why I think, what did they call it? What was it called? Unreal or something like that. Mm. Um, They filmed in their, the volume they called it, where they had actual LC or LED screens Uh um, that would, you know, project the, or, play the the background behind them and so they just had trackers that knew where the camera was and it would adjust the parallax correctly for the camera that's pretty cool maybe i was inaccurate in saying it's for judging distance um that's more stereoscopic vision um i think that's the right way to say that but yeah it's just the idea that things farther away move slower than things close up Um, so that's what parallax is. They're pro- that's probably exactly what they're talking about. With so name. yeah, and, and it, it sounds like they just found a word that they thought was cool and used it. I mean, it's the name of the character in the comic books. So yeah. that, and when we'll talk about later, Sinestro. I just can't. Oh, Sinestro! I what? love when when movies adapt comic books or other other forms of media, and they try to introduce characters that will eventually be villains as not villains yet. But they keep the the villain name, and it's like, ah, yes, Evil McEvilton. I wonder what he will become later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it's just it's the name of the character in the comic book. What are you going to do? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, so then we are introduced to our hero, yep. Ryan Reynolds. And I must say, I would have hated his character in this movie for reasons that we'll probably explain <laughs> if I hadn't seen The Hitman's Bodyguard, which we reviewed in our last well, episode. he's introduced as a very unlikable character at first. Yeah, but I mean, through the rest of the film. We can get to that in a minute, but yeah. uh, I just wanted to say I actually know who this guy is because of our last review, so go check that out. Right. Um, I think I think that I... I do. Uh, I, I make a more conscious effort to separate actor from character than you do. Um, hmm. I think I'm pretty good at it, but yeah. uh, I mean, to each their own. I just, I don't know. I just saw him, so I, well, like, I, I know he's a good actor. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't immediately put off by his bad character. I see what you mean. Because um, otherwise, just can't I can't remember actors at all. So it helps when I'm just like, ah, oh, yes, this character who is being played by. Yeah, well, I see. Know. I don't know most actors, so I'm usually in that boat. But I'm just saying, if, if I had seen this movie first, I would have just assumed Ryan Reynolds was a terrible actor and, mm. and moved on. Well, that's fair. He, he is not being done a lot of favors by this script. No. Um, Luckily, his career did not end with this movie. He managed to to save her. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing too, because uh, I really liked Hitman's Bodyguard. Um, he wakes up. Yeah, he's late for work. Mm-hmm. No, so okay, so he's sleeping with this girl. Is she the same girl later no. in the movie? No. Okay. <laughs> Does she ever come back up again? No. Okay. <laughs> Great way to start a movie. <laughs> This movie had an excellent love story, let me tell you what. Oh, yeah, it was definitely very necessary to the plot. Yeah. And didn't just mm-hmm. waste time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so he takes off for the airport. Apparently he's in the Air Force, I guess. Yep. I don't know that they ever said it for well, sure it was the Air Force. No, I don't but... think he's actually in the Air Force. He's a test pilot. Oh, is that what he does? Yeah. Because he wouldn't get away with this crap in the Air Force. He's, uh... yeah, well, you should watch Top Gun. You mm. Well, I guess <laughs> this this opening dogfight scene does feel like it comes straight out of Top it Gun. It does, um, except that he doesn't have his navigational fellow Goose. Well, that's true. Um, he's just you got know, a wingman who I, is, in fact, a woman. This scene is actually pretty good. I thought. Um, first, I wanted to do address that his wingman woman mm-hmm. randomly shows up in his locker room yep just before he gets dressed mm-hmm. now i was having trouble keeping the character straight was she the love interest yep. later then okay there's um, only like 10 characters in this movie so yeah but i couldn't keep any of them straight a lot of them were very generic and looked the same so i couldn't tell um so they have this dog fight with these robotic, I mean, simulated. They're in, they're, they're in drones. They're in real, you know, in the air, but yeah, they're drone, completely mm-hmm. autonomous. Um, and they're not actually firing fighter, missiles at each other. Fighter planes. Yeah. Simulating mm-hmm. that bit. Mm-hmm. It's like airborne laser tag. There you go. Um, 
Man, this guy, this guy immediately has a, uh, what we shall refer to as the kick the cat moment, even though he's our hero. Uh, he immediately sacrifices his wingman, (laughs) which you don't ever do. That person is there to literally to keep you alive and you're sacrificing them to these drones, Mm -hmm. uh, so that he can get the kill shot. Yeah. Which he then then flubs up and has to pull something absolutely ridiculous and stall out all three aircraft in order to actually beat these drones Mm -hmm. uh, ignoring the predetermined rules of the sparring match Mm -hmm. making everybody angry oh i hate it because he's people do that in movies all the time they break the rules and they're like Mm -hmm. oh they're the hero because they found out a different way to do it Mm -hmm. like no these rules were predetermined for a reason like no he's just cheating i mean it's funny when jack sparrow does it because he's a pirate and that's the whole point but yeah i agree Um, it's not a great way to introduce a comic book hero and Just then making the audience hate him. And then he ends up crashing the plane and having yeah. to eject. And yeah, I I, uh, I hated him from right there. Yep, he's Just, not likable at the beginning of the movie. Just yeah, man, I I hated the guy. I hate him. And then as he's crashing, there's this, like, deep, tragic flashback to his dad mm-hmm. dying and everything. Mm-hmm. And it just comes out of... It's not earned. Like, mm-hmm. it comes too early. We don't know the mm-hmm. character enough. It mm-hmm. just It's just there. It's like, okay, this would be great, like, half an hour into the movie, maybe. Yeah, well, and I but, thought there was a lot of stuff like that that was very predictable. That's been done in plenty of other movies. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah, enter the flashback scenes. Yep. So, yeah, his dad was also a test pilot, died uh, when a takeoff went wrong, mm-hmm. plane blows up right in front of him. I mean, it is very tragic, but, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, it just feels like it's sort of shoehorned in there. Yeah, and being a test pilot, he should have um, everything squared away before he starts flying. Mm. Uh, he should have dealt with all this stuff beforehand and been aware that it's there and could creep up so that he wouldn't choke uh, when the moment came to save his life. Yeah, you'd think, you know, that this would be a thing that happens frequently and that he wouldn't be very good at his job. And has planned for emergencies, even if they were self-inflicted mm-hmm. uh, and should have been able to overcome them. It should have been muscle memory, mm-hmm. especially as a test pilot. Now, if I were to play Lantern's Advocate for a moment, which I am going to be doing throughout this review just because I find it interesting, because I have this theory that there's a good movie trapped inside here screaming to get out. <laughs> okay. He, I, I would like to make the argument that our hero here, Hal Jordan, is actually correct in his decision to spend the rules of this dogfight uh, because the, the only objection that we hear from any of the other characters is that he was supposed to make the drones look good because he's a test pilot for this company that makes aircraft mm. and by going higher than they were designed to be able to go he mm. shows off this glaring weakness in the design right in front oh. of the the investors and whatnot. So See, morally, I thought he the, might be in the right. I thought the company was trying to sell the drones to the military. Well, yeah, that he worked for. But I didn't realize he worked for no, that company. No, he works for the company. I see. Okay, yeah, that makes him an even worse person. I <laughs> well, mean, well, I mean, it makes sh- him a bad employee. But yeah, 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 yeah. He showed off the weakness, sure, but um, why didn't he do that beforehand so they could correct it before they went to go try to sell it? I mean, maybe they didn't involve him in the process until now. Well, they will know better to do that in the future. <laughs> Anyway, so this is my first little Lantern's Advocate moment. Mm, you probably will have many of those. Oh, I will. The CGI is terrible. I want to remind you that the CGI is terrible. That was in my notes there. I'm not sure why. The Marleys but... were dead to begin with. <laughs> this movie, the CGI was bad to begin with. All right. Um, then his family is all concerned. He goes to his 11-year-old nephew's birthday party. Mm-hmm which is completely irrelevant other than that the 11-year-old needs to deliver some very scripted dialogue and some emotions that he um, is not old enough to really be great at delivering. I totally forgot this scene happened. Yeah, it's very forgettable. I don't know. It just uh, seemed very stiff, a very stiff delivery. Yeah, it wasn't a good scene. Like I remember it now, but yeah, I don't remember why that scene was in there. Um, And then he gets kidnapped by the green orb. Yep. Um, he sure does. <laughs> the, uh... That's okay. That's just bad. I, for anyone who's played D and D, I understand. If your character's just wandering and not engaging with the plot, sometimes you got to kidnap him with a green orb. But you shouldn't have to do that in your movie. <laughs> Need to have total and complete control of your characters. <sighs> um, before that happens, we see this alien guy crash. Who's got a ring, mm-hmm. Green Lantern ring, and he tells it to choose wisely. And the green orb leaves and kidnaps. 
Ryan Reynolds. Yes. And brings Hal him back Jordan. to the alien. Yes, Hal Jordan. <laughs> um, Should we mention at this point that you you don't you know basically nothing about Green Lantern? Oh yeah, the comic book. Yeah, and I, I know yeah. basically nothing compared to. I'm the average actual Green Lantern fan, but I have at least read it like one comic book and, and I've read a couple Wikipedia articles and I kind of understand what's going on. Yeah, I got nothing. So this is an interesting moment. Yes. Um, anyway, so yes, the uh, the former Lantern for this sector of galaxy that the Earth is in uh, is killed by Parallax and ejects his little escape craft down to Earth so that he can find a replacement and the ring chooses this random piece of garbage human <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, the, and the green orb drops him in front of the spaceship, so he's like, oh, look, a spaceship with an alien. I'm going to swim right out gonna, there and rescue this well, guy. okay, so, so, to play Lantern's Advocate again, this is the movie showing us that he is both fearless and cares, cares about people. Because yeah. he sees that the mm-hmm. alien in the pot is injured, and instead mm-hmm. of running away like any rational person would do, <laughs> he runs right in there to see if he can help. So, like, this is... Mm. That's that's some heroics. Okay. I think it was poorly shown, but It okay. was. It was. Um, <laughs> he gets this alien... I mean, I, I Screaming to care. get out. It's in I there screaming to get out. I don't care how injured an alien is. I'm not going to just run up to it. <laughs> And get murdered. Uh, um, he drags the guy to shore, and he's like trying to keep him alive. The guy, you know, just magically, yeah. conveniently stayed alive until he got there. Yeah, and then died in front of him. It's sheer um, willpower. He's like trying to keep him alive, and then that's a funny joke. I, I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> I was trying to think of a, a good way to show that it was intended to be a joke, oh, yeah. but I couldn't come up with I, I found a bad way to show that it was intended to be a joke. <laughs> Uh, short of just saying, I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I noticed in the uh, the little like trivia bit in the corner, the, mm-hmm. it was mentioning how in early sort of storyboards they were thinking of having a cameo of uh, Superman being considered for, by the ring and then being passed by, <laughs> which I think would be really funny because they, of course, exist in the same universe. Yeah, uh, I can never keep the DC and the Marvel universes separate. Mm. This was DC. Yes, this is DC. So Superman, Batman, The Flash, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern. Yeah, see, to me, DC means disorderly conduct. So that's all I think about when I see <laughs> the DC. movies have been disorderly <laughs> this, this This movie does disorder, deserve a disorderly conduct. Anyway, what does it so actually saving, stand for? He's trying to save an alien. Ah, uh, shoot. You know what? I don't know for sure. Okay, well, don't tell the audience that because we want them to think we're intelligent and yes, did our research. I just lost all my nerd cred. <laughs> <laughs> you did man they're gonna eat you alive at the next comic-con all right <laughs> hope i get to go to comic-con someday wouldn't it be cool if we had listeners there <laughs> yeah if we if we pay for them to go <laughs> <laughs> yeah send us an email and we'll get you to the next comic-con that's moviemalarkey at gmail.com disclaimer we will not send you to comic-con <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I'm pretty sure while he's trying to get this guy to stay alive, he delivers the line, we're going to get you to a hospital where there's purple blood. Yeah. And then the guy dies because the alien is, in fact, he's purple. bleeding purple blood. Yep. <laughs> he's trying, man. He's doing his best. Uh... <laughs> um, so he gets... So he has this ring he's now got that he the has ring. no idea what to do with. He goes home, and somehow magically he has the lantern as well. It was in the spaceship. Oh, yeah. I don't remember him seeing him get it though. We don't see him actually pull it out. We just he like looks up and then the camera lingers on the lantern in the spaceship and then it cuts oh, to the next thing. Oh, I missed it. Um, because the whole spaceship was CGI and they didn't know how to show him getting it out. That's my guess. So why did he take the lantern and nothing else? Also, because the guy told him to take the lantern. Oh, did he? Yeah, I completely missed that. Um, it's important for the lore. And then the military shows up. Yeah. To seize the aircraft. And so he runs away with his and, with his nerd friend. Yes, who he has just called to the scene rather than reporting it like a normal I mean, person. If you found a crashed alien spaceship and you didn't call me, I would be so disappointed. So I'll call you, but uh, <laughs> the second call is gonna be to the police and be like, Hey, there's a smashed crashed spaceship out here. Uh, so um, this is why we'll never be protagonists of a movie. Yeah. That's okay think we need to rethink our lives i, I disagree oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he and his buddy make off in a jeep while the military comes and finds the mm-hmm. spaceship and later we see the body that yes. he had buried under a pile of rocks mm-hmm. very considerately yeah, he tried 
Uh, he goes on the tagline for this movie. We tried. <laughs> we tried real hard. Um, <laughs> so then he ends up back at his apartment. Yeah, and then he's sitting there with with the lantern, trying, trying to get to... it to work because the alien yeah. told him that he had to speak the oath. So he's sitting there <laughs> to infinity and beyond by the power of Grayskull. <laughs> it was a pretty good sequence. Uh, um. And then he actually yeah. activates it, and it sort of beams the uh, knowledge into his brain. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And there's that really... Th- this movie is really great when it's just directly quoting from comic books, because I think that the Green Lantern mm. Trap Pledge is pretty sweet. Look it up I, um, online, you'll find it. No, you don't have to. Our oh, listeners oh, can look okay, it up. Okay. Um, um, we also see a scene of the freaky... The, uh, as I wrote in my notes, the freaky alien big brain boys. Uh, the Eternals, or whatever they're called, the Guardians. Oh, yeah. Um, I thought they were... Bad CGI? Weird. Well, yeah, bad CGI, but I think we've already established that. Yeah, they're talking with Sinestro about what to do about this Parallax fellow. Yeah. They're they're being very cagey about it. Weird, creepy, big brain guys that sit on top of these, like, 60-foot pillars Mm -hmm. and have giant robes that drape all the way to the bottom. Yep. And have some sort of plexiglass helmet over most of their head. Yeah. I don't. I don't think it was over the whole thing. No, it was just over their like half-exposed brain. And all of them apparently communicate with each other, even though they're probably, I don't know, seventy-five to hundred feet apart. I think that they can like telepathically communicate. Maybe okay. They have their little councils, but they yeah. Yeah, they don't tell. What's his name? Sinestro? Sinestro. What's going on? Yeah. Well, it's probably because he's got the most evil villain name in the history <laughs> of. I mean, come on. And he's like, but I want to go save the universe. And they're like, no, you can't do that. And he's like, but I want to. And they're like, okay. So then <laughs> That's he That's basically the whole scene, yeah. <laughs> oh, it was so late. <laughs> like, I want to take all the Green Lanterns and go save the universe. And then he takes like a dozen. Yeah. He's like, yes, this is eaten. the greatest threat we've ever faced. We must go and, and face this threat together. And he takes like, what, nine people? We see a scene of like several thousand Green Lanterns in this, mm-hmm. big, in this mm-hmm. big cave. And he's like, okay, you, 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 and you. Let's mm-hmm. go. Mm -hmm. Of course they fail. It's so dumb. (laughs) It's really dumb. Oh, you're doing my work for me. I have Um, I have no uh, attempt at at at, uh, Lantern's Advocate here. That's mm -hmm. just it's just stupid. Mm -hmm. Everything with Sinestro is stupid, and it doesn't need to be in this movie. Mm -hmm. What's next? The training montage. Well, uh, first we meet. Oh um, no no no! no. We we Um, meet the only villain that this movie should have had. This is my TED talk. All right. Well, I'm not going to deliver the whole thing now, but uh, Hector, Hector, whatever his name, the freaky scientist guy. Oh, yeah. I liked him to begin with. They bring in freaky scientist guy to examine the body. And also the lady that he meets, uh, Dr. Waller. Mm. She's an important character, an important figure in DC Comics, but not in this movie. Is she also in Mission Impossible? The actor or the character? (laughs) The actor. The actor probably. And the character is also in Suicide Squad. Haven't seen it. Yeah, I haven't either. I doubt that Mission Impossible happens in the same universe. Probably not, but we very, could try and make those it. Those would be very different movies. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we meet those two. They're not important right now, but they will be later. Yeah. He's, uh, um, they do have very lackluster safety protocol for investigating a dead alien. That though. is for sure. Um, I'm not sticking my hands in the corpse of a dead alien with just, like, what, latex gloves? Yeah, he had gloves on. He's fine. He even had a mask on, so he couldn't breathe anything in, except it wasn't one of those masks. It was not an N95. Yeah, well, he's dead then. <laughs> yep. Well, that's maybe how he got infected. We don't know for sure. Yeah. Um, then we get an obligatory love story scene. It's well, definitely so, necessary and very important to the plot. Oh, absolutely. Which one was this? No, there was like I don't know. There's like half ten a of dozen them. that were They're very forgettable. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just want to <clears throat> quick give a, a brief description of the scientist guy. He's uh, a science teacher, I guess, at the local high school. Mm-hmm. Um, probably mid forties, bald and balding with longer hair and skinny. Yep. Just the kind of guy that you would expect to have problems let me find out he's got some pretty major daddy issues yeah and it turns out that <laughs> it's turns out that becomes point. important well yeah but it's a plot point in so many movies i just wish they'd get away from it yeah come up with something better i mean i understand that's a very powerful motivation but come on there's well gotta be see other it would have been fine except that the poor guy only gets like maybe a fourth of the time that he needs to develop as a character yeah that's true um, it's just all sort of shoved in the audience face and not given time to grow naturally. Mm. <laughs> um, and then we have a scene where 
uh, Hal Jordan goes to a bar with his girlfriend so they can dance. And then he sees some people outside, abruptly leaves her. Yeah, she, well, she shows up at his apartment and wants to come in, and he's While like, While he's uh, running nope. around with the lantern. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, uh, nope, you can't come in. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, can we talk? Yeah, let's go talk. We can drink and talk let's at the bar. Let's go anywhere but here. <laughs> and she's not suspicious of this for no, some reason. not at all. Or maybe oh. she just doesn't want to bring it up. She's like, you know what? I don't need to know. I don't want to know. Let's just move on. <laughs> oh, perhaps. That's how I feel about this movie. <laughs> perhaps. Well, you did bring up she's constantly asking the questions that the audience is asking. It's true. It's true. <laughs> this woman is the audience analog like nothing I've seen before. <laughs> um, yeah, so they go to the bar. She doesn't want to dance, and then for some reason they dance anyway to this their song. Yep. Um, and then he sees some angry people outside. Yeah, so you think it's a good idea to go out and go to his car? Yeah. And he gets beat up. And, and they then beat him up. Enter your typical discovering your powers scene. Yeah, because these people are mad that because of his antics in the test flight, they have all been fired. And so instead of using their very employable job history to go and find new employment somewhere else, they decide, you know what, I think I'd rather go to prison for beating up a guy. <laughs> Yep, and then they all get beat up and thrown through very obviously styrofoam slash CGI walls. So, Cody, tell me, do you think it's a good look for a new superhero for their first use of their powers to be after the uh, the thugs have already left and are no longer a threat? He decides to act no longer in self-defense and just probably kill those three guys. Uh, I thought he was beating them up while they were still attacking him. Cause no, because to... they were all leaving. Were they? Yeah, and then he he's like, no, I wasn't done yet, and goes to, like, throw something at them and accidentally just clobbers them with a giant green fist. Oh, um, I thought they briefly got thrown out, but were coming back for more, and that's when he discovered he has this giant green fist that he can just smash people with. Maybe I read the scene wrong. And that's when the guy got thrown through the very obviously foam wall. Yeah, yeah. Um, Acme obvious foam walls. And then after doing this, he gets kidnapped once again by the ring. And shot into space. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the green orb surrounds him again, and then he gets taken away to Never Never Land. <laughs> you know, we talk, the, there's discussion in movies of, of active protagonists and passive protagonists, the ones that choose where they're going in the plot and the ones mm. that are dragged along by the, pro, by the plot. Mm. I've never seen such an obvious example of being literally dragged by the plot. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's very sad. The plot was wearing lots of armor and dragged people around. It did. It did. Um, and then he wakes up on this new planet. Yeah. And something, something terrible happens. Floating in space. And then we have the building, <laughs> like the, the robotic building of muscles through electric shocks and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. That's And then he gets cool. his little suit on. Yeah, but he it was just suit. very cliche, I thought. Well, uh, yeah, but like, it doesn't look horrible. And then he gets his horrible. suit. And then... And then... He gets his mask. So I don't know what this is going to do to your microphone, but... Ah! The mask is CGI and it looks so bad! He only peeked a little bit there. It's so bad. It is so bad. <laughs> it's so creepy. And then his eyes turn, like, light blue. Yeah, and his eyes are part of the CGI and it looks so bad. It's so creepy. It's not necessary. Just put a piece of green fabric on his face. It would have been much easier. I could have probably seen you had a better mask than that. You know, it moved fairly naturally with his face, but it was just designed in such a way that it looked completely, utterly stupid. Yeah, it just looks weird and gross. Like, okay, I dressed up as the Riddler for Halloween a couple years ago. I found mm. a $2 green mask that looks mm-hmm. better than this thing. Yeah, you're right. I remember that. <laughs> I remember photos. I, I agree. <laughs> oh... It's just not designed well to to work with his face. No. Uh, and it covers... Like, an actor's main asset for acting is their face, and you have mm-hmm. just removed, like, the whole half of his face, and now you have to animate it, and it doesn't look good. I also think it's silly that they have masks that cover their eyes, but no other features on their face, which gets brought up by our... Uh-huh. Um, love interest later whose name i can't remember the audience analog who says all the things the audience was just thinking this is a running theme um yeah it makes the other effects look a lot better though Mm. okay you say so (laughs) Um, all you have to do is look at the mask and you're like you know what that's not so bad (laughs) everything else looks pretty good now (laughs) you're right um so next they have a big meeting or a big party with the company who he just ruined but for some reason he's still invited well you you skipped over the whole alien planet training montage oh that did come first didn't it yeah you're right okay why don't you give us a brief synopsis (laughs) oh boy so he goes to planet oa 
Home of the Green Lanterns. And he has a training montage that, for the sake of the movie, I'd like to assume represents a fairly long amount of time, but... Yeah, I, 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 I have the, a fear that it's, it's actually more like a couple of hours. Yeah, well, see, they didn't play it, some of this stuff as a montage. It was like you get beat up and told a couple of things for yeah, like five and minutes, and that was con- that was considered to be his training. <laughs> yeah, and then he quits after like two hours of training. Because, yeah, it wasn't done as like a, no. I mean, I say a training montage because they're so common in movies mm-hmm. but uh it, it wasn't actually it's not really portrayed a as a montage it was just like this happened for five minutes he, and now he he's ready around a little bit with the first guy who meets him and then his combat mentor shows up beats him up for a while then he beats up the combat mentor for a little bit because he's already learned all these fancy fighting moves mm-hmm. and then sinestro shows up beats him up for a while and then he quits and leaves and it's very like every single little thing that his mentors told him end up being 100% applicable later in the movie. Like yep. Every little thing. You know, for what it's worth, though, the the creativity and the, like, actual usage of the lantern rings in, the, in this scene, I actually really like. Like, it's very... It, it treads that line that the comic books exist in where it's not quite goofy, but it's not serious Mm. either like they're not just throwing blobs of energy at each other there's Mm -hmm. actually some creativity and some like strategy happening see i thought it was interesting because these aliens are from all over the galaxy Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and i the first thing i thought is he's you know he's creating they create these things that green energy yep um which doesn't mean environmentally friendly. It just means the color green. Um, willpower. May, may yes, manifest. there you go. Willpower. Um, and he, he starts making tools to look like earth tools. And yeah. I thought for sure his mentor was going to make fun of him for copying earth tools. And then was going to show him some crazy mm-hmm. great invention from somewhere else in space that he would have never thought of. But they didn't. They missed that opportunity. Well, yeah. I mean, they they have a sword fight, but like I can yeah, they had like cutlasses, like pirates' cutlasses. Well, you don't think other parts of the galaxy developed the same method of of flat, sharp piece of metal to cut people with? I mean, that seems pretty within the bounds of reason. Maybe, but the aliens look so different. I'm sure they have lots of different technology. Well, yeah, uh, they would have had different different. I think they would have had different stuff. Mm. Uh, they had more different tools and toys to play with and That's different true. planets. Um, and then he just like he makes a rope and a hook at one point. And yeah, but like, I mean, oh. that's pretty common. Yeah, I suppose. I just thought they weren't very creative with the things that he made up. They weren't. They weren't ridiculously creative. But at least it, it was. It was. I, I. I enjoyed the scene. I wish that it had been longer. Mm. I wish that there had been an actual training montage instead of a training yeah. scene where yeah. he apparently learns everything he needs. Mm-hmm. Well, and I thought they were just going to go the Matrix route where they'd plug him in and upload everything. Well, they did upload a bunch of knowledge. You're Remember? right. Yeah. Because he says, how do I know all this? Uh-huh. But I don't think that that's supposed to mean that he's good at fighting. Maybe it is. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that makes it better or not. That's... I think that's more of a cop-out, if anything. Yeah, I don't think that would have been the better route. Well... Would have been better than nothing. But, yeah. <laughs> would have been better than five minutes of nothing. <laughs> I'm just going to assume that it's a really poorly done way of showing that he was, in fact, there for, like, a longer yeah. period of time. If they had done the upload thing, they would have given him more time to make a better story in other areas. Yeah, but I think there's a lot of things that you could cut first. Yeah. Anyway, we'll get to that. I bet you Probably. can't wait. Yeah, right. Chekhov's gravitational pull established with the sun. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I said, every little thing Everything. that gets mentioned is Well, that's is the thing. Is this movie has no extra time when it comes to important plot points. So it's just <laughs> important plot points rammed together with no filler. Mm. Yeah. Because this this should have been three movies. A little spoiler for my, my rant later. Yeah, I was going to say it was kind of like, it's kind of like eating a steak without potatoes and yeah. sauce. Except the but steak it's sucks. It's actually more like eating a hamburger yeah. that's dry yes. and doesn't have any ketchup, pickles, or mustard or a bun. That's a very good description <laughs> of this movie. Uh, um, all right, now we have the, the, the party for the company whose name I can't remember who was designing the fighter. Planes. Yeah, I don't remember the name either, but it's um, not real important. Yeah, so he's invited, the scientist guy is invited, and we found out that his dad is actually a senator who is, is he trying to, is he part of the military, part of the, the government process know. trying to buy these things? Or I was why trying he there? to figure that out, too. It's probably just because I wasn't paying attention, but somehow this guy is either both a senator and the owner of this company, or I missed something somewhere. 
May okay, so here's what I think, now that I've thought about it. Because they say that it was important for both the company and for the state. Because presumably mm -hmm. the state manufactures aircraft. Mm -hmm. And so the senator would want it to succeed because that means jobs in his, like, area. Mm -hmm. So he wants it to succeed. And then somebody else is the head of this company that I've forgotten entirely. And the scientist is the son of the senator. And then the love interest is involved in this company i don't know who she's not like the her, owner of the company well, see i thought her dad was the owner of the company and that's a she different says, character that i'm forgetting the dad yeah oh okay that's i thought you were gonna say senator. thought you were gonna say the daughter that got called up was a different character no no no. okay um yeah so the senator as so the yeah we okay. call him that scientist but he's really just a high school he's a science teacher i mean science teacher he's a scientist uh, okay loosely used uh, I don't think he was doing any groundbreaking research. Well, I mean, he, uh, yeah, but only because they gave him a freaking alien to work on. Well, yeah, but that's the thing. Like, it gave him an alien to work on, but he wasn't anything special, which yeah. he even says later yeah. on. Yeah, he he got the the spot because his dad's a senator. Um, yeah, and as as we saw, his dad has disappointed him in mm -hmm. him and wants him to make something of his life. Yep. Um. So. He's, I guess he's dissected the alien by now, um, and his dad's aware of it, because yeah. that's how we've been introduced. So at the party, uh, we start seeing the first symptoms, or, or second second time we see the symptoms of his infection yeah. from this alien appear. When he's teaching at a school that the government yeah. allowed him to go back to after mm -hmm. working on a dead alien. Yeah, they're just like, yeah, you can't tell anybody about this, just go back to work at school like normal. Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> there was no, like, decontamination process, although maybe that happened off-screen. I don't know. It wasn't a very good de decontamination process, because the dude's also, infected with yellow alien goo, and they didn't notice. Also, he did a, let's assume, maybe a couple hours uh, inspection of this thing. Well, now he should start taking it apart and looking at its blood under a microscope, which yeah. he ends up having to do to his blood later. Uh-huh. Um, I think they could have implied, employed him for several weeks, if not months, oh, to come. Oh, yeah. Uh, if they weren't going to have a, a crack team of uh, scientists actually working on this thing. Makes no sense. And it's because he doesn't get enough time to develop into mm -hmm. the character that he should have been. Mm -hmm. um, so then he's at the party because his dad, Senator Dad, is yes. there. Um, I, I don't understand why the son would have been invited at all. But he was there. There is also Runs a random the... scene that means nothing of Sinestro talking to the Guardians again. Uh, he says he wants to make a Yellow Lantern ring because the only way to fight fear is with more fear, oh, I guess. Oh, yeah. yeah. He wants to make a Yellow Lantern ring. It doesn't matter to the plot. Which is fear. And then they tell him uh, the last person that tried that got destroyed and turned into the uh, Parallax character. Yep. And don't do it. And so then what does he do? He says, he, please, and then they do it. <laughs> yeah, he runs. Somehow they just approve it, and he runs off and makes a yellow ring. <laughs> yep. Um, and none of this matters to the story. And, and, well, it never comes up he, until the end credits scene. He didn't even say please. He just said, but I want to. And, then and they they're let like, him. okay. Fine. Um, after just telling us that the reason the entire universe is in peril is because the first guy tried to use fear. Yeah. Um, oh, so then the, the, the science teacher um, tries to kill his dad when his dad takes off on a helicopter. Mm -hmm. This is where we see those first symptoms coming. He makes a... He the, launches a sink at the Yeah, well, it's like the, the, the tap, I think, at the bar mm -hmm. flies off and hits the... Because he's got freaky mind rubber. powers now. Yeah, <laughs> for some And reason. they're not visually represented. Like, freaky mind powers are almost always represented with some sort of, like, you know, color and energy mm, and whatnot. Yeah, like a green oil. These are just, like... The camera will just focus on something and then it'll move. Which, yeah, okay, which is fine. But I, I wasn't don't know. quite sure what his power is. Can he like throw things, or do he does he just like break stuff? He's or got telekinesis. It's not well explained, okay. but okay. he can just move stuff with his brain because his brain gets all huge and gross. Yeah, and you can see like his skull cracking as oh, it's, it's growing. So gross. Oh, and it's then, so disgusting. There's no lumps later where the broken skull fragments would be under his skin. Yep. It's it's nasty. It's nasty. really nasty. nasty. I thought he nasty, was going to turn into an alien, but my my notes say, "Well, now Hector just looks super gross." So that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Hector. Um, we have that wonderful scene where uh, oh no, this happens later. Never mind. Yeah. Um, I have written here. I'm not sure where it came up. If it, maybe it was during um, 
what's his name's little talk with the council. Mm-hmm. I just have written here intergalactic green peacekeepers. Yep. Like, that's got to be the most ridiculous sounding group of people. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's actually delivered in such a way as to be comedic, but this does bring up an interesting point about this movie's tone not being consistent. Mm. Um, it waffles from, straight from gross, giant brain head guy and some sort of horrifying eldritch being mm. of fear that pulls people's souls out of their bodies straight to a comedy scene where they describe the Green Lanterns as intergalactic green peacekeepers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, my immediate next note is that, um, what's his name? Hal. Hal. Hal Jordan. Hal Jordan. Um, he's talking to his friends, his uh, girlfriend and mm-hmm. his nerd and friend his nerd friend about his powers. And they're just like, oh, wow, that's interesting. That's Tell really us cool. more about it. Yeah. And, um, there's no like, what? You met an alien? This stuff is real. It's like, oh, wow, that's really neat. <laughs> and his friends just go along with it. <laughs> that might have been where the intergalactic green peacekeepers thing came I up. I believe it is. It's also where she points out. Uh, that what you thought I wouldn't be able to recognize you because you covered oh, your cheekbones. Yeah. <laughs> I loved that because yeah. So he oh that's right because he saves her from the crashing helicopter. Yeah, at he the turns party. the helicopter into a car and makes yeah. like a oh that was set up earlier. It I was, just noticed yep. that mm-hmm. the little the, the little Hot Wheels room. track yeah. in his nephew's room and he makes a giant green Hot Wheels track. Just goes to show how empty his mind is that he had to reach back for some previous memory to I, figure out what to do rather than making up something on the spot the cgi looks goofy but it's almost intentional because he's making Mm. these like constructs that aren't supposed to look realistic yeah i still don't love it i don't know it looks a little weird the car looks kind of cool he made yeah so he like just added like this green stuff around the helicopter yeah around like the body of the helicopter turns it into a sports car and then drives it with the people in it so that it doesn't crash yeah and kill the people in it or the people on the ground and several times it looks like it's about to come off the track and fall on somebody and then he builds a new track below it yeah I don't know why he doesn't just stop it. Yeah, we'll and see. Put it on the ground. I thought he was just going to put like a pool of water below it so it could fall into yeah, that and everybody he does that would be later fine. To save Amanda. He does do that later. But. Oh, well. Yeah, it's so still then, an okay scene. He saves his love interest and then flies off. Because the front of the building fell over on top of her and. Mm hmm. He builds a little bubble. Yeah, I wasn't sure if he built something to protect her or if he just went and pulled her out of the rubble later. Nah, the Green Lantern making a little green bubble is kind of like a pretty common thing in the comics. Mm. He makes a little okay. protection shield thing. And... Okay. Um, yeah, so then he flies up to her office later and she looks out and sees this green glowing man flying up to her window and she's like, oh. And I'm like any go, of us would do, we I'm go I'm going to go say to hi to that yeah. guy. <laughs> you know, his suit does actually look kind of neat. Uh, I like that when he's actively doing something with his ring, which is on his right hand, there's little, like, lines of, mm. of light that mm-hmm. flow down his, his right arm from the little thing in the mm. center. Mm-hmm. That's just a neat little detail. Yeah, yeah the suit wasn't terrible CGI it's compared just the to the mask. mask. <laughs> compared to the mask. <laughs> uh, yeah, so then she just comes up and hugs him, and he's like... I didn't get a chance to uh, say hi to you earlier or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. clumsy dialogue he delivers. And she's like, how? And he's like, how did you know it was me? <laughs> she's like, I've known you forever. I recognize your cheekbones. I love your Hal Jordan voice. <laughs> well, that's the voice he was using. It went yeah. as Green Lantern to like sound all tough uh-huh. and cool. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I wrote down, this love story is wasting precious time that the movie needs for other things. <laughs> oh, it's so true. And then, as a subnote, or it could have been the main focus and the other stuff could be left out, like Parallax. <laughs> <sighs> so, uh, this is this kind of comes up to the whole um, Superman thing, the Clint Car- Car- Clark Kent yeah. slash Bruce Wayne thing, where... He just puts a mask on and nobody recognizes him. And mm-hmm. He just goes back to work and wears mm-hmm. a pair of glasses. And no, he's not Bruce Wayne. That's Batman. Clark Kent. <laughs> Sorry, that's his alter ego. You got both uh, of, the, of the alter egos in there. I did. My apologies <laughs> to the nerds listening. Um, yeah, and so he just puts on his glasses and nobody recognizes him. So I like that she at least recognized him here. She's like, I've known you forever. I recognize your cheekbones. Uh-huh. Uh, that, was, that was good. Yep. So after this, uh, we have, I just have a bunch of sort of editorial stuff that we'll talk about later. Well, he flies her up to the top of the control tower at the airport and nobody 
sees him or thinks that's suspicious if there's a green dot flying around the airport dragging nope. this lady behind. Yep. Don't worry about it. it happens all the time. <laughs> you must be new here. <laughs> Is that when shortly after he flies up to back to the planet? Is that when he quits? Uh, no, he quit earlier. Oh, at the end of the training that's montage. right at the end of the training for no montage. good reason he's like i don't want to do this i'm going home you know where that would have been perfect in the second movie mm. yeah yeah <laughs> um you'd think he would have been more like all right well i'll check this out i'll try it a little more training we'll see where this goes mm-hmm. like no i quit no i quit because of reasons he doesn't it, like there's the whole galaxy is in trouble and he's just worried about what's happening on earth mm-hmm. and doesn't even want to be a part of it uh, not realizing that Earth is going to be destroyed if everything else is destroyed as well. Yep. Um, so, but then they let him leave with his suit and his ring and his lantern, and he goes back home. Yeah, well, I mean, because so, they can't just take it away from him. He's been chosen now. That's uh, true. There's, yeah, there's okay. rules. Okay, okay. I mean, theoretically, they could kill him, and then the ring would choose somebody else. But... <laughs> All right, I'll give him that. Nobody told Sinestro that he could do that, because he would have. Um, <laughs> he would, too. So then I have a question. We, the the next scene, I believe, is them tricking Hector into coming back in so that they can drug him because they've realized that he's been infected mm. by something. Okay, that sounds right. Why don't they just shoot him? Yeah, with a tranquilizer gun that's got the the tranquilizer in it that they deliver by hand. No, I meant with a bullet, but oh. that works too. <laughs> well, yeah, they, they certainly could have done that. They should have had some armed guards. I mean, his dad wants to save him. He's the senator. He well, wants to yeah, save his okay, kid. sure, but like... They play way too mm-hmm. safe with this guy that they know is a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when they do capture him with this tranquilizer and everything, they like they should have restrained him so much better than they did. Mm-hmm. And, well, yeah, but you know he undid the handcuffs with his mind. Well, yeah, but like I don't know, knock him out yeah. forever mm-hmm. with a gun. Sorry, wait, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> with a tiny lead club. Yeah. Well, I mean, whatever. He has to be a villain later, but this, that just didn't make a lot of sense that's one of my many problems with superhero movies is just the the super easy ways people get in and out of stuff Mm -hmm. we see later when spoilers um can't think of his name now hal Mm -hmm. comes to save i don't remember her name the love interest yeah who's trapped in the hangar with hector yep and then parallax shows up and for some he just shows up out of nowhere and punches through the wall yep he wasn't called there. There was no ransom note. Well, he, he just was, shows he up. He was called there. Wait, you mean Green Lantern or yeah, or Parallax? Oh, yeah. Somebody well, left a ransom note for Parallax. To show. Parallax knows what's going on because he's yeah. controlling Hector. I don't know. He found him with his Green Lantern spidey senses. I don't know. Maybe. Whatever. I don't know. I didn't actually notice that. That's a good point. Stuff is just too convenient in some of these movies. There's a pretty good fight scene with Hec- with between Hector and and Hal. He tricks him into putting on the ring and doesn't realize that mm-hmm. that does not actually allow him to use the power. Mm-hmm. And then he gets blasted in the face. Yeah, see, I thought that was a little bit of forward thinking on their part. Because I was thinking the same thing. Like, well, he wasn't chosen, so mm-hmm. if he puts his ring on, what's it going to do? Because uh-huh. I was like, well, why is he giving up his ring? That's yeah, it's bad. like, surprise. I, I am I am the battery. Got him. <laughs> I, don't, I assume that that holds up in the comic book logic. But whatever. I thought it was actually pretty good. It was, it was that, that little, that, that 30 seconds was pretty yeah. all right. And then Parallax the smashes through the wall and everything goes bad again. Mm-hmm. Um, so he quits the lanterns. Yep. Comes back to Earth. Um, and then all of a sudden he goes back to wherever this council is. Well, he does this before, I think. He doesn't do that while Parallax is eating the Earth. No, 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 we've got we've got a bunch of stuff. I just jumped ahead there oh, because okay. it was a appropriate to mention. Yeah, so um, he goes and talks to the council, and he's like, "Let me defend Earth," and they're like, "You were doing that already." <laughs> yeah, so he's got the suit, he's got the ring, and he's doing this stuff. And he goes up, and he's like, "I want to defend Earth." Um, when this there's council, this, there is this uh, parallax coming after the entire universe. They should have said, "No, we need you with the lanterns to defeat this guy." Yeah, and then you can go deal with your little problems on Earth. But or they could be like, "All right, look, you know what? Yeah, you can defend Earth because parallax is attacking. Take these six thousand Green Lanterns mm-hmm. with you." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so they're like, "No, go ahead, go do what you've been doing this whole time go with your powers." Champ. Um, nothing changed. 
He still has the ring, still has the suit, so he goes back to Earth and continues doing what he's been yep. doing. Totally unnecessary scene. Um, okay, so my next notes now get to the hangar scene, mm-hmm. uh, which is the company, the hangar for the company that has the drones, yep. which becomes important in a little bit. His love interest is unconscious, floating in midair, and has a needle, or hypodermic needle, pointed at her neck, which is mm-hmm. also suspended in air, and it's got the same virus that infected yeah. Hector. So, oh no, he might stab her with the freaky alien goo, and then she will also have a giant, massive mind. (laughs) Yeah, so that's where the little showdown happens between Hector and Hal. You know what what this scene is? This is an awesome climax to a first first movie in a trilogy for a superhero. Mm. Just between Hector and Hal Jordan. Would have been perfect. Yeah. And but instead, um, instead it's just the Parallax, lead up to the actual climax. Parallax shows up and tries to destroy everything, but takes a sweet time about it and mm-hmm. sucks out Hector's soul. Oh, that's right. Yep. And then the love interest has time to wake up, mm-hmm. punch in a code in the computer, and fire some missiles at him from one of the drones. That so my notes here: earlier. good thing freaky intergalactic aliens made out of fear still take damage from missiles in the face. Yes, <laughs> there were so many physical elements that affected this. Apparently, spiritual or energy well, body. I mean, there is a real body in there somewhere. It was originally yeah. one of those guardian things. And mm. So, I mean, it sort of makes sense. A human-sized guardian thing, and now this thing is the size of a thunderstorm. Like a planet, yeah. Um, so then, then he starts wreaking havoc on the city. Yep, yep. Then he makes a little catapult and shoots back. Oh, the that's of right. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. I'm not oh. going to lie. That was my favorite Green Lantern construct in this whole movie. Why didn't he do more of stuff like that? Like, he's got right? the power to do silly things like this. And then he builds, like, the big the big turret and shoots the bus mm-hmm, that he mm-hmm. or the truck he throws mm-hmm. at him. Like, that's good Green Lantern stuff right there. Yeah. that's um, We needed more of that. And then he stops and just makes a shield again. Yeah. And he says the pledge, and it powers him up so that he can mm. drill his way through Parallax mm-hmm. right out the other side. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I will again quote to you, C.S. Lewis, do not give a book to a child that you would not read yourself. And this stuff is so ridiculous. Like, this stuff is designed for, like, 10 and 12-year-olds. They didn't mm-hmm. give any more thought to it than that. Yep. Even though I, I think their goal is to try to make it for you know something that the whole family wants to watch, yeah. so they can draw in more yeah. more of an audience. Well, I mean, but... comic books are supposed to hit sort of like a like a young adult, pre, like teenager audience. Yeah. So yeah. like not for really young children, yeah. which I don't think would have enjoyed this movie. Nah. But yeah, um, yeah. Again, I I just think it was silly. The climax um, fight throwing Parallax into the sun is pretty cool. It's just yeah, too fast. I've got a couple more notes before that. Oh, sorry. Um, so people are running and being killed and consumed everywhere. Yep. And then we stop for this one bus of school children that stops. The kids all get out, and the bus driver runs away, and it looks like she's going to be killed. <gasps> but Green Lantern saves her, and then she runs away. Yep. Like, I don't know why they stopped and put so much emphasis on this bus driver. Because you gotta, you got to show individual moments you can't just show the wide yeah but she was time. one individual moment there should have been a couple like that just well yeah but this movie out. has not enough time to do what it's trying to do yeah that's the problem yeah um so yeah then he uh lures parallax away yeah because parallax is more interested in one little green lantern guy than he is about consuming the fear of everybody on earth so he can become more powerful well i mean we do see that he's very concerned with this one green lantern and then like yeah. he he defies him right to his face and drills a hole through him and so yeah so my other question is all of the other green lanterns have been after this guy why didn't they all show up when like why weren't they following him around trying to get him <laughs> no idea for some reason he's drawn he comes to attack this one green lantern on earth when we know there are many other planets that will be of far more interest to parallax Mm -hmm. Uh, so then he just lures him to the sun he's just kind of floating there in front of the sun and parallax is much more mass and therefore gets drawn into the sun faster Mm -hmm. and then i think he just drills through him again doesn't he to get to the other side he he constructs two big jets Mm. Yes, he constructs two jets like back in his fighter or his test pilot days. Yeah, which I thought was kind of a neat like thing. That's that's well, that's okay. I think in the comic books, Hal Jordan is actually like a pilot before he becomes the Green Lantern. I just have in my notes here. Good thing the jets can beat the sun's gravity. Well, for a little while. 
Yeah. And <laughs> and then he starts floating back toward the sun well, he runs after out he of goes juice. unconscious. Yeah. And then... Well, he punches Parallax into the sun with the big green fist again. Oh, that's right. The and then he's, he fist. falls unconscious and starts to drift into the sun and he gets yanked back by three random green lanterns who came to help. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't even remember who showed up to well, help him. Well, it's Sinestro and the two people who trained him. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And and the line that just makes me angry, because it points out the fact that there was not enough training montage, because his combat trainer's like, ha-ha, can't I, I trained him so good. Like, bro, you trained him for like 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get no credit here. <laughs> yeah, they randomly show up to rescue him right at the <sighs> moment when he needs it, but not, they didn't show up to rescue Earth or no. try to kill this monster. He, no. Clean Lantern single-handedly destroyed this monster yeah, yeah. none of the other green, lanterns green lantern were... with no training is like yeah no parallax that's fine i'll just toss him into the sun no big problem yeah <laughs> none of the other ones were necessary i don't know why it took all of them to try to defeat him yeah no- nobody thought before to just chuck him in a sun like... and also after they imprisoned him why didn't they just figure out some way to throw that planet into the sun there you go and burn him up? easy anyway and then the <laughs> And then the love interest says, and I quote, Hal, can you take off the mask? And I died. <laughs> yes. Right before their kiss scene that I also don't it's think like, was yes, earned. Please take it off. Stop. <laughs> oh, this is, this is this is not a good movie, Cody. I know. It's not it's, a good movie. Well, so you're going to, you may hate me for this and spoilers for upcoming reviews. All right. These may not be in the same universe, but they're still movies, and I still judge them the same. Okay. So, this was uh, not as bad as I was expecting. Yeah. Uh, It was a a terrible movie, but uh, it was more tolerable than Wonder Woman or Aquaman for me, because... Now now you hurt me. Because of the characters, not because of the CGI, Ah. certainly, even though Aquaman's was pretty cringy. Um, You wound me. It was because the characters in this movie were just a little bit less self-important, pretentious, and angsty. They were just a little bit more normal. Yeah, okay. So, I, I see your argument. I disagree, but that's what makes this interesting. So I have a thought here. This movie is an unfortunate smashing together of what should have been an entire trilogy, and I'll tell you why. Were there not sequels? No, no. They set it you up. You saw this movie? Do you think they made sequels? <laughs> well, apparently it was pretty popular based on these scores on online oh, we were looking at. No, no, at. no. See, here's the problem. Look at look at the, the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy. Uh-huh. Do, do they start with the Joker? No, no. They start with freaking Scarecrow and Ra's al Ghul. Mm -hmm. Most people have never even heard of them. Mm -hmm. But they're perfectly good starter villains for Batman. Yeah. I mean, Ra's al Ghul's maybe not, but this version of Ra's al Ghul is. Mm -hmm. We don't need to get into the weeds on that. (laughs) And then they go to the Joker in the second movie. And then in the third movie, they have Bane, who's like physically the most imposing Batman villain. Mm. Maybe Batman's Mm. a bad, bad example. Not a lot of his villains are freaking galaxy eating fear monsters but you get you mm-hmm. get the point you don't start a superhero story with freaking parallax <laughs> parallax should have been the second movie villain the first movie he should have stayed on earth the whole time he should have gotten a green lantern ring he should have fought hector with basically no training mm-hmm. and had his nice little love story with the mm-hmm. love interest mm-hmm. and then at the end of the movie hector's body has been launched into space at the end of their battle and it gets eaten by this floating cl- fear monster. Mm-hmm. And then we fight Parallax in the second movie. He goes to, to, to I can't remember the name of the planet. He gets a real training montage because there's more time. He meets Sinestro. Well, he fights Parallax at the end of the movie with the Green Lantern Corps. And then in the third movie, Sinestro gets his yellow lantern ring. He's the main villain. There's this big fight between the green and yellow lantern cores, and it's amazing and better than this garbage movie. Well, see, I was going to say, I I don't care at all what they do or did, but uh, I was going to say maybe Sinestro could be the second level. uh, Well, but Sinestro, when it comes down to it, I think is actually more of a problem in the comics than Parallax. I could be wrong. See, I don't know the comics. I'm just saying he's like brand new to the 
to the dark side. And, yeah, uh, but he's also like real powerful. So yeah, well, he's been in Green Lantern for so long, so he knows. Yeah. he knows all the moves. It doesn't really matter whether Sinestro or Parallax is yeah. the second or third movie, but mm. neither of them should even be in the first movie. That's my point. Uh, <laughs> this movie yeah, has too I, many villains. I agree. I agree. It, it demands too much of a brand new hero because mm-hmm. what he what he has to do for the plot to work does not make sense with him being brand new to these mm-hmm. abilities. Mm-hmm. And I think that that would solve just about every problem that these movies have. Because a lot of the problems come from the fact that they're trying to do too much in not enough time. Agreed. So, we always try to end on a positive note. What was your favorite scene? (sighs) I don't know. I don't know. Probably not a Um, CGI scene. Well, see, I I was expecting the CGI to be a lot worse, to be honest. Mm. And other than the mask... Which I'm not going to shout about this time. I've already broken your your headphones enough. Um, it, it wasn't as bad as I was expecting, and I I did legitimately really like the the training montage. I think uh-huh. because it could have been so much better. Um, mm. It's it, there's actually not a whole lot of problems with it as it exists. It's just not enough. But I really do like sort of the exploration of the Green Lantern powers. Of of mm-hmm. all the superheroes out there, the Green Lantern powers are pretty interesting. Mm. It's not just super strength or super speed or, you know, telekinesis. It's it's a very interesting, like, there's creativity involved, there's willpower, there's mm-hmm. all of this stuff. I think it's I think it's fascinating. And that's like the only scene where we get to see it really mm. taken advantage okay. of. Okay. Um, I guess my favorite scene is probably on what I would call Cloud City. I don't know. It's just the planet that they're on. I think it's Oa or something. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, I don't remember. I remember there was one that was just like a common English word that they'd like changed the vowels of and mm. made it their mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. weird name. Um, I don't know, just because it, it had a bunch of differently shaped structures and maybe some purple clouds or something, but that yeah. was about it. Like It was pretty. It was, I, I don't know, it wasn't impressive, but compared to the rest of the movie, it was okay. I mean, for the time period, the CGI is nothing amazing, but it's yeah. within acceptable bounds. Like, if that were the only problem with this movie, then it wouldn't be a big deal. Yeah, if it had a story or interesting characters, yeah. it would have been fine. <laughs> yeah. I think in this case, it actually has too much story and too many characters. Mm. Anyway, that would have been my most favorite scene. What, what yeah. was your favorite character? My favorite character? Gosh, there's not even that many characters. Because no. they don't have time to develop anybody no. other than Hal Jordan and the, like, half dozen villains he has to fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I Sinestro, for the scenes that he's in, does a pretty good job. He's got some interesting lines, but boy, is he un- unnecessary in this movie. So mm-hmm. I can't, in good conscience, pick him. <laughs> um... I don't know. I think Hal Jordan is actually doing a fairly good... Like, Ryan Reynolds does what he can with this uh, part. Yeah, yeah. He he does what could have been expected. Uh-huh. I don't think that this movie could have been saved by a different actor. No, I uh, agree. Um, and I hate picking main characters, but I'm going to have to go with Hal Jordan well, as well. The only, he's the only real character in this movie. <laughs> it's, it's true, yeah. There's nobody else. It's true. It's They're just true. there to spout dialogue and occasionally the things that the audience is thinking. <laughs> oh, it's so true. Yep. All right. Oh. I'm going, with, going with Hal Jordan just because he's our only option. Also, like I mentioned, I saw Ryan Reynolds in timmons bodyguard and so i know how much potential he has, he has and he's not he's not just a bad actor yeah um he did he did what he could with the lines so yep i i'm gonna say he was my favorite character so we talked about this a little bit off off camera mm. off, wait <laughs> off microphone mm-hmm. do you think that a movie that had higher potential but doesn't live up to it is better or worse than a movie that lives up to all of its limited potential however yeah. low that might be mm-hmm. there's a lot of like Indie films um, and low-budget films that Mm -hmm. did the best they could with what they have Mm -hmm. that I liked much better than this movie. That's true. This movie clearly had a budget. They could have actually written characters. They could have actually done some CGI, but they didn't. They blew it. Do you think that perhaps if this movie had come out a couple of years later, after some more successful superhero movies had come out, would the people making it have had the confidence to say, you know what, let's not try to try to tell the entire Green Lantern story in one movie. Mm. 
Because I think that may have been the problem. Because this was before superhero movies really took off. Okay. And so I think they may have been afraid that if they kept it grounded and kept it to just, like, a smaller story with a more manageable villain and all of that, they I think they were afraid that that wouldn't be enough. Was it one of those things where they thought that they only had one movie to tell the whole story? Yeah, that's I think why that they that was the it problem. Um, and if they'd have known that they could have made three, they would have. And now, final question. Do you think that this movie... Because obviously we know, living in the future, that superhero movies did eventually become a huge like box office mm-hmm. success. Mm-hmm. Do you think that this movie coming out helped or hurt that process? Oh boy, I'm not the person to ask about superhero movies because we've already established <laughs> I just can't get into superhero movies. Right. I don't know. I didn't realize this was the start of it all. Well, it wasn't the start, but it was. Yeah. It was at the towards the beginning. It's um, almost comparable to Die Hard, where it was like the first of its kind of action movies, and now like everybody makes those kind of action mm. movies. So objectively, if you look back at it, it's not as good as some of the current day ones, mm-hmm. but it was the best of the best for its time. Well, it is a lot better than some of the older superhero movies that are out there. Yeah, so I don't know. Uh, I don't watch superhero movies, so okay. it's hard to say. Fair enough. That's like a I question said, for you, the listener. Like I said, I thought it was better than at least the characters of Wonder Woman and Aquaman. So yeah. Yeah. At the risk of you throwing knives at me, I'll, I'll say that one more time. We'll just cycle <laughs> right back to the first episode. <laughs> knives out! <laughs> there we go. If I wind up dead, just uh, I did it. Whoops. Anyway, I think that's all we have to say for Green Lantern. I think so. Thanks for listening to us ramble and rant for over an hour. I like doing bad movies. They're more fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I actually like doing good movies better, or like mind-blowing movies better. Hmm. It's the ones that are in between that are really not that interesting. They're just not interesting. All right. Well, thanks for listening. We're going to go watch another potentially bad movie and potentially record another episode about that. So stay tuned. Send us an email at bluemarkey at gmail.com. And see if you can leave us an audio uh, recording on Anchor. I don't know how that works, but I I, I want to see if it works. So send us an All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. CGI and it looks so bad. If I wind up dead, Josiah uh, did it. Whoops. <laughs>